This is the Weekend Wager with Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. So uh, so we got Jacob, who's producing the show. Um, uh, this week, very special week here in uh, the New York, New Jersey area. Uh, the SBC um, Gambling Summit was here, and I actually attended and, and I hosted a panel, uh, which was really, really interesting. And, and I want to get into eventually in the show at some point I want to get into there's there's a really new uh, really great new neat I don't know how how else to describe it um way that we're going to be able to gamble on sports in a very stock market way something called um sports trade so just stay tuned for that it's it's really just I had a phenomenal week. I had a phenomenal time at this summit. I learned so much. It was great to host this panel. Met a lot of wonderful people. I mean, people all over the world came here. And it was by Giant Stadium in East Rutherford at their convention center. And so I've got a lot to share from that summit on this program. But we're going to dive into a lot because there is a lot going on besides the fact that unfortunately the Yankees are losing to the Boston Red Sox for what is going on with this team Yankee fans. It is bottom of the eighth one out. So I will keep you posted here. What's going on. Um, as we know, the Mets uh, delay. So they'll have a double header tomorrow. The first game will be at two twenty PM. Second game will be a, a little bit later, around 8 o'clock. Uh, but we do have a game still about to be played in Major League Baseball. And uh, it is uh, it, it, first pitch is going to take place around 10.15. So we've got 10 minutes for you to get the wager in. It's the Milwaukee Brewers going up against the Giants. And so uh, you've got Woodruff pitching for Milwaukee. You've got Alex Wood pitching for the Giants um, my money's on the San Francisco Giants here, and I'm going to take them on the money line at plus 110 tonight. Why? Well, Alex Wood has been pretty solid. He had one blow-up game uh, in, in the last month, okay? And, and, and I, I, I like when I'm, when I'm handicapping Major League Baseball and I'm looking at starting pitchers, yeah, you want to look at total picture. You want to you look at the total picture. You want to look at – by the way, I'm, I'm sitting here and I'm, I'm hosting the show and I'm, I'm watching Tiger – uh, come down 18 at uh, at the open. Uh, I'm going to get into some golf uh, with you as well. David Behrman's going to join us at 11 o'clock. We'll preview what's coming up, uh, of, of course, Saturday and Sunday. But I'm sitting here and I'm watching Tiger Woods walk down 18 as uh, he got really emotional and he was crying. Uh, we'll get into that as well. Um, just took me by surprise there for a second. I, I, I had saw, I, I'd seen it on social media. I had heard a lot about it. But this is my first time seeing the video. We just don't see a lot of Tiger Woods emotional like that. I don't, I don't know if I've ever seen Tiger Woods cry before. So uh, that just took me back for a second. But nonetheless, back to Major League Baseball. Um, uh, we've got one game that's about to, uh, that, that's about to kick off. First pitch is going to be at 10-15. Again, it's the Brewers going up against the Giants. Uh, the Brewers had Woodruff pitching for them. The Giants have Alex Wood. Again, I do like Alex Wood tonight. Uh, big picture, nothing to write home about. Small picture in regards to what he's done the last month. He's been pretty solid. 
uh, in his last four to five starts, he only has like one blow up outing. And I do believe that he'll be he'll be quite good tonight. Uh, he's six and seven with a four four three ERA. Meanwhile, again Woodruff uh, going for the Brewers. Uh, he's seven and three with a four oh one. He's been pretty solid as well. This is why I'm leaning towards the Giants. Their bullpen um, is is in my opinion in better shape than Milwaukee is right now. Uh, Milwaukee's bullpen is having some issues. Devin Williams not expected to to, to be available tonight. And, uh, and Josh Hatter as well is, uh, is dealing with some injuries. So I think I, how I'm envisioning this matchup, uh, I think this is going to be a close game. I'm also going to play the under tonight. The under is at 7, and you can get that at minus 115. So, uh, so that's how I'm playing this, uh, this late evening game. Again, I think you've got two solid uh, pitchers that are going to be dueling, dealing for the Giants and the Brewers. Big reason why I'm on the under at seven. Wouldn't be surprised how I envision this heading into, uh, you know, the fifth, sixth inning. Uh, maybe it's 2-1, maybe it's 1-1, and then it goes to the bullpen. That's what I'm. That's what I'm anticipating. I mean, neither of these lineups uh, are anything as well to write home about. So I'm going to play the under here in the uh, Brewers Giants game at at under seven at minus one one fifteen. And also, I like the Giants tonight on the money line at plus one ten. So that's how I'm playing that. And you can get in on that. Uh, you've got about a good seven minutes to get that wager in. Uh, again, right now we've got a. a a Boston Red Sox team, unfortunately, the Yankees are losing to them 4-3. And by the way, Jacob is uh, is producing the show. It is the end of the eighth. So now we go into the ninth inning. Listen, Jacob, we've seen this before. We've seen the Yankees come back in the ninth inning, at least tie it up, take it into extra innings. But don't you just, aren't you getting the feeling like there's just something wrong with this Yankees team right now? I mean, like, let's let's take a look, right? They split the series against the Boston Red Sox uh, in Boston, uh, and then they uh, they they host the Reds. They go one and two against the Cincinnati Reds at home in the Bronx, right? They go one and two, and now uh, you know, unfortunately, they're down to the Red Sox right now, uh, four to three. And again, listen, this lineup is sensational. We know what time it is, and and I'm trying to take a look here to see who's up. Um, and, and do you know who's up in the rotation coming into uh, the top of the ninth? Uh, oh, batting for the Yankees. Yeah. Hold on. Let me double check. Well, it's, it's, uh, I don't know off the top of my head, but I know from what what I've seen tonight, uh, the Yankees have struggled outside of, uh, DJ LeMahieu who has three hits tonight and is playing pretty well. Um, I haven't seen much consistency in their swings. Um, also, I mean, Jordan Montgomery played pretty well. It just sucks that, you know, you give up three runs and uh, those three runs with the Yankees offense this season are not enough to overcome tonight. No, absolutely not. And and so you talk about Montgomery, six innings, six hits, three runs, four strikeouts, but he did give up two home runs. Um, Stanton uh, has a home run on the night. I mean, obviously he's been delivering. He's got three RBIs. That's where the Yankees got all their runs. Um, and, uh, and, and of course, uh, you know, DJ has been solid as well. But again, the Red Sox are up 4-3. It is now top of the ninth. 
We'll see what happens. Do the Yankees, do they have an opportunity to come back uh, in this matchup in the bottom of the ninth, obviously, and try to, to, to either win it or tie it and, and send it into, into extra innings? We will keep you posted there. Just gave you my play for the evening game. That first pitch is in about five minutes, so you can get in on that. When we get back, let's uh, let's talk about what's going on with the Mets. Again, rain delay for the Mets. There, therefore, it's a double header tomorrow. So Walker will be going up against Stroman, who I like in that matchup. I will share with you. Um, also, the odds came out for the home run derby, and with, I mean, no surprise, right? Uh, Pete Alonso is favored. We'll dive into that as well. Um, we also don't forget for folks here in, in the in the in the area. Uh, this is an exciting month. Why? Saratoga. It is opening weekend. So uh, Mark DiLorenzo from Giddy Up joins us on the show at 1030 to get you ready for tomorrow. Uh, it is opening weekend in Saratoga. Uh, it's definitely a bucket list thing. So excited to get Mark on the show. David Behrman will join us at 11 o'clock as well. We'll preview what's going on with the open as we head into the weekend a lot happening. Also, I want to dive into the talk and speculation of Donovan Mitchell coming to the Knicks. Uh, what do those futures bets look like? So, uh, still so a lot more coming your way. We'll open up the phone lines, 800-919-3776. Anita Marks with you here on 98.7 ESPN. You're listening to Week in Wager, brought to you by BetMGM Sports. Enough talk. Believe in your game. Believe in your bet. BetMGM Sports here on 98.7 ESPN. Right now in the bottom of the ninth uh, in this Yankees-Red Sox game, Red Sox are up 4-3. Carpenter is, uh, is um, in the batter's box. So, uh, so we'll see what he can do. So it goes Carpenter, IFK. <laughs> We've, it's, it's a shame, Jacob. We're, we're not around Judge Rizzo, Stanton, Torres. <laughs> we're towards the bottom of the lineup that doesn't bode well. We will definitely, definitely keep you posted. Uh, let's go to our phone lines. 800-919-3776. Rudy's calling in from the Bronx. Rudy, welcome in. Good evening. How you doing? Hey, I'm okay, but I'm not okay. <laughs> I'm sure. How do you bring in Chapman against Boston? Three, three tie. How many times I was at the stadium, they brought him in in the ninth inning. And I walked out of the stadium. By the time I got to my car, they already lost. I don't get it. Get rid of this guy. What are they trying to do? I don't get it. But in all fairness, though, I mean, Holmes has his his last two save opportunities. He has not done well either. Well, they were up. They were up ten two. The Yankees. He comes in, walks the bases loaded, gives up all these runs. I'm like, are you kidding me with this? He's sweating like a pig. He's throwing a ball <laughs> up in the freaking stand. He's all over the joint. I mean, why don't you just throw the ball out of the freaking stadium? You don't know how mad I am right now. I'm sorry. No, hey, listen, Rudy, this is what we're here for, dude. This <laughs> is... We're, 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 we're here. You know, I, 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 I'd like to walk you off the ledge, but I, I like some, I mean, something's up with this Yankees team right now. I yeah, think here, here's, here's the thing, Rudy, two, two things, two positives for you. Okay. Number one is, um, the all-star break is right around the corner, right? Yeah. Like it, like, right. Like a chance to like push the reset button, 
take some time away. It's been a long I, season so far, I right? Like, I right, like, that. like recharge. And also, you gotta believe that Cashman and the Yankees are gonna make some money moves as we get closer to August second. So uh, yeah. th- I think I think those are I think I, I I hear it in your voice. I know how frustrated you are, but I think those are two positives, right? Yeah, absolutely. I thought about the same thing. So and I think like uh, they're just waiting for the All Star break, and then we'll see what happens. You're right, absolutely. So, uh, Rudy, thanks for the phone call. Great to hear your voice right. this evening. Appreciate you. Um, yeah, so Montgomery uh, started off uh, the game and, of course, went six innings, gave up six hits, three runs, three earned runs, one walk, uh, four strikeouts, but two home runs. Unfortunately, Chapman came in in the seventh, gave up a hit, a run as well, only two strikeouts, and, and that's why uh, we're sitting where we are right now with the, with the Boston Red Sox, um, four to three. And so... Um, that's uh, that's that's where we're at. Uh, let let's turn our attention to what to what's going on with the Mets uh, because I do want to give you some bets that you can actually um, get in on um, heading into tomorrow. So uh, unfortunately, uh, we had uh, the rain delay for the Mets. I'm trying to call up the the line here. It's and it's actually it's well the money lines there. Uh, the the run line hasn't been posted yet. I don't know for the second game either. I don't think so. Nope. So anyway, uh, so so you've got Walker going up against Stroman tomorrow. Two twenty p.m. will be the first pitch. Mets going up against the Cubs. Walker is seven and two with a two six three ERA. You know he's been with all due respect to Walker and 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 listen, you know the fact that. DeGrom hasn't been a part of this rotation. And, and of course, Max Scherzer was on the shelf, the shelf for seven weeks. Walker was one of the guys who've really stepped in in a big way to help carry this Mets team and get them to where they are. But if you, you, you look, he's been pretty lucky in, 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 in the fact that his hard hit rate is actually one of the worst in Major League Baseball. Um, but he's still 7-2 with a 2-6-3 ERA. So when when you consider both those, um, you, you look at you look at the record, and you look at the the statistics. Um, it tells you that he's been pretty lucky this season. Um, as for Stroman, he's two and five with a four nine one ERA. Uh, his last outing, by the way, he did pitch four scoreless innings to the Dodgers, which is pretty impressive. Um, for the month of May, he had a one five zero ERA. And keep in mind, this is a Cubs team. Even though they're not great, they actually hit well against right-handed pitchers. So, lines aren't out yet, but if I was to wager this, I would probably wager the Cubs on the run line. But it is not out yet. The Cubs on the money line is plus 120. The Mets on the money line is minus 140. Um... I would also play the over in this matchup. I'm just not sold on either starting pitcher. And again, like I said, the Cubs are pretty solid against right-handed pitchers. So um, so if I had to play this, again, unfortunately, the, 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 this is we're talking about tomorrow afternoon. The lines, not all the lines are out yet. Uh, but if I was to play this, Cubs on the run line, 
if uh, if you've got if you've got mad crazy conviction for the Mets, you could bet them at minus one twenty on on the money line if if that if you so choose. But I think the best bet here would be the over, um, and maybe that comes in at eight. I'm assuming that the over under will come in at eight, maybe eight and a half, and I would play the over there. Um, that would be my play. So uh, you've got also uh, the Mets will be uh, will be going at it later on in the evening. Uh, they've got a second game taking place a little bit a little bit later on at uh, at, at around eight o'clock because you've got uh, you've got the doubleheader. Just FYI. Um, also, uh, some some great news in regard to uh, Jacob Degrom. He had his uh, his third uh, rehab start in the minors. I, I believe it was it was it in Syracuse. Jacob, if I remember correctly, right? Wasn't yeah, wasn't was, this last his It was uh last night for the Mets Triple A team, uh Syracuse Mets. Right. So, um and he was he went four innings, gave up two hits in one run. Let's listen in. This is Jacob DeGrom talking to the media after his uh rehab start. Hey Jacob, how you feeling? Feel good. Um felt a little out of whack the first couple innings, but then, you know, tried to make a little bit of an adjustment and I wasn't locating my fastball quite like I wanted to early on, but then, you know, the uh, last couple innings felt a lot better. So so three solid rehab starts in the minors for Jacob DeGrom. The expectation is that he will rejoin this rotation uh, with the Mets after the All-Star break. Um, so just taking a look at, at, at some of the, uh, the futures bets out there, the Yankees are favored to win the World Series at 4-1. to one. Dodgers four to one. So, so Yankees and Dodgers, right? Uh, both of them are favored four to one equally. Uh, the Astros at five to one. The Mets at seven to one. The Braves at plus nine fifty. Um, that that's really that's where that's where I'm looking at right now. Like like based on the the, the first half of the season and what we've seen, um, I do believe it's going to come down to the Yankees and the Astros. Them competing to see who's going to represent the uh, the American League. The Dodgers and the Mets, possibly the Braves, but I'm leaning towards the Mets to see who's who's going to be representing the national the National League. So you know, wh- where do you find value here? And and maybe I'm just maybe I'm a little naive. I don't think I am, but maybe I am a little bit. And that is, you know, just how great this Mets team is done without Degrom in the rotation and Scherzer on the shelf for seven weeks. I, I just I think there's value here for the Mets to win the World Series at seven to one. I, I just do, you know. And, and this is a Mets team that we are anticipating to only get better after the All Star break, right? Because their pitching rotation is going to get better. You got two of the best pitchers in Major League Baseball um, that uh, that you know are, are going to be dealing for the Mets uh, two nights out of out of five. So. Um, I just think that there's a lot of value here for the Mets at seven to one. Uh, by the way, to bring you up to speed on what's going on with the Yankees and the Red Sox game, uh, the Yankees now have tied it up four four. Jacob, I know you've got the game on in your studio. Can you give us a, get get us up to speed? What exactly? How did they score? Well, they scored on a wild pitch. Uh, well, and uh, the <laughs> looks like <sighs> well, we just got doubled up on uh, home and first. So Yankees got two outs and uh, two men on, on second and third. But, yeah, they scored on a wild – well, it was like a error. It was kind of crazy to third base, and then um, man came around to score. 
Okay, so it's it's four four right now. How, two outs. Yes, two outs. Uh, they just uh, the Red Sox just doubled up at home at first. So it was uh, runners on second and third, with it looks like DJ LeMahieu up bat, and uh, this the man Ooh. they need to. Uh, are you, I mean, you can put down a nice little live bet. Is there something on right now? <laughs> I mean, if, I, I don't know. Hold anybody, on. What, let me see. Let me let me see. Let me see what's out there. Oh, my gosh. Now I feel like um, here we go. OK, so. Uh, so. All right. So you can bet you can bet right now. You can bet the Yankees are going to win by one and a half. If you think LeMahieu, you've got you've got two guys. You got two runners on and DJ up. Should I should I put some money on it? Talk to me. Talk to uh, me, Boo. Talk I, to me. I don't know if I would do it just because uh, the one and a half, but uh, minus. Well, I, I mean, if 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 he hits a home run right now, that's that's three runs. Yeah, but I don't I don't see him hitting a home run. Probably like a single or a double. And I mean, the Yankees are going to win only on one uh, one score, so they're in the bottom of that half. So I'm not sure that one and a half is looking too too good. But uh, let's it's see saying that it's it's wait it's oh. saying it's saying that it's saying that they're going in the tenth, so they must oh, yeah, be they, they must have gotten out. Yeah, they just went to the tenth. Uh, they they must have gotten out. I mean, I was, <laughs> I was quick. I was quick on the draw, dude. Yeah, I was, was quick on the draw. I was gonna go. I was gonna go. Yankees minus one and a half. You're telling me DJ's at the plate, so uh, I couldn't get to it fast enough. I refreshed my page and I couldn't get to it fast enough. And anyway, what what can you do? What can you do? Anyway. So, uh, so the Yankees and the, in the Boston Red Sox, they're all tied up at four going into extra innings. Um, I'll let you know if you want a live wager, uh, on this, uh, on, on this game, especially since they're going into extra innings. And now you've got a really good portion of the lineup coming up, uh, in the bottom of the 10th with judge Rizzo, Stanton, Torres, Carpenter. So I'll, I'll let you know what those, uh, what that line is when we get back. Um, also we're going to turn our attention to the horses. Why? Saratoga, it is opening weekend, and we've got Mark DiLorenzo who joins us from Getty Up to get us ready for tomorrow. That next here on 98.7 ESPN. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. You might be in your car. You might be driving to Saratoga right now. I'll tell you a dude who's already there, and that's Mark DiLorenzo from Giddy Up, baby. He made the drive earlier today, man. Saratoga opening weekend. How stoked are you, Mark? I, there aren't many people in the entire world that are happier 
and Mark DiLorenzo <laughs> from Giddy Up right now. My drive I mean, just... up today, my drive, my drive up from New Jersey today, I put in a couple pick five tickets. And the first race, we bet a few bucks that we won. The second race, we won. And the third race, we won. And then the fourth race, we won again. And then we won again in the fifth race. So we turned a couple hundred into about eight or 9,000 just while in the car in traffic driving up to Saratoga. So it was a pretty good start to the weekend. And now I just had dinner with some of my best friends. I'm sitting, standing outside of the horseshoe, uh, halfway listening to a band while I talk to you about three winners that we're going to have tomorrow and a huge day of racing at Saratoga. I love it. I love it. Oh, <laughs> my dog. My dog just came running in my studio. Come here, Papa. <laughs> he's he's he heard he heard $9,000. And uh and, yeah, and ask, he ask just the dog who he likes cuz I need the, those are, those are the tips that I can't provide you, you know. What the dog's he heard, name he, is could be a, a good could be a good ad to the half million dollar pick six carryover tomorrow, Saratoga. His his name his name is Satchmo. I named him after Louis Armstrong. If have you ever have you ever gambled on a horse named Satchmo? I have not, but if there is one, over the next couple of days, I will make sure that there will be a few hundred dollars on that horse for you. Um, here's here's <laughs> a little here's a little nugget for you. Hold on one second. Here's a little nugget for you. Do you know that that uh, Louis Armstrong uh, was was you know obviously um, African American jazz player uh, trumpet player was adopted by a Jewish family, and Satchmo is big cheeks in Yiddish. Really? Yeah, and a lot of people don't know that, right? Yeah. So, uh, I'm 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 used I lived in I lived in New Orleans. I lived in New Orleans for 3 years. I'm really I I just I'm jazz blues. I'm I'm all about it. So, um but anyway. All right. I've derailed. Uh no pun intended. Let's get back on your rail because you need to join your friends back in the restaurant. So let's get all your picks so folks can hopefully win seven $9,000 tomorrow. All right. Uh, so I, I know the two big races are the Sanford and the Diana. Uh, the Diana is the eighth race. The Sanford is the 10th race. Let's start with a little, uh, a, a little uh, appetizer, right? And that's race never, number seven. And there's a horse that you like in this race. And that's horse never number seven, River Dog. Tell us all the reasons why. River Dog, uh, last year as a three-year-old, ran a couple of very impressive races. It really caught my eye. I made a bet on him when he ran against Jackie's Warrior in the Amsterdam here at Saratoga. And there was a massive rainstorm that day. And they had to sit in the paddock for an extra half hour and might have thrown off River Dog a little bit and probably was not beating Jackie's Warrior, who's probably the best dirt sprinter in the world. Uh, River Dog uh, came back as a four-year-old this year, ran twice, one impress- one impressively, uh, is not facing Jackie's Warrior today. Last time out, River Dog ran at Mammoth, and it was down on a rail, speaking of rails, that was dead. You did not want to be on the rail that day. It's kind of like running uh, about 50 feet away from the beach and the waves. You know how it's thicker sand. It's going to take you a whole lot longer of a time to get to the next stop that you're going to while you're running on the beach. Horses that were going more towards the water on the beach or on the outside of the rail at Monmouth last time had much quicker ground to go on to. So I think that that's something that I kind of I track, I follow. gives me kind of a little bit of an edge uh, over some people out there that are just kind of just looking at the figures and the numbers. So I'm going to toss that race, and I'm going to look at his two races previously. This horse has a ton of speed. There is not a lot of speed in the race. He's going to break fast, and he's going to win at probably 18 to 1. So betting 100 bucks will get you back about 1,800, and 
hopefully this horse also wins and uh, helps carries me along into the next couple of races for tomorrow's pick six carryover. Would you say that this is your favorite race and favorite horse tomorrow? Sounds like it is. It's it's one of it's going to be the most value. Like I have I've said to you and I've been on with you a couple of times that you you bet and you like horses, but you really bet on the odds. You know, if you give me a horse, if you if if you know American Pharaoh was to run in the Belmont Stakes at one to nine, you, there's just no value there. So you try to look for something else. But if you got three to five, like you did at American Pharaoh in the Belmont Stakes, that was value because I thought that he had a better chance than the three to five to win. So looking at the odds, River Dog probably mean 18 or 20 to 1 like it is on the morning line. I think that's a ton of value just because there's going to be a Chad Brown horse in that race that's 3 to 5, and that horse very easily can win. I just don't think there'll be any value at all betting on that horse at 2, 3 to 5, which is investment risk number, I believe the horse is number 6. So I'm, I'm going to go in opposite direction. There are a few other favorites on the card that I think that are real strong. In this race, I think I am against investment risk. I'm going to go with number 7, River Dog. So that's where we're going to kind of start our heater tomorrow. If, if, you, if you want to say <laughs> your heater. I love it. Mark DiLorenzo joining us uh, from Getty up. Uh, so there are two big races uh, on tap for tomorrow at uh, up there. In, of course, in Saratoga, it's race number eight. Um, it is, uh, is the Diana grade one on turf, $500,000, one mile and an eighth. Um, so, and there's, I, I guess from what there's six horses in four of the six are Chad Brown's horses, uh, man, yeah. like if, if you're him, who do you root for? Uh, but nonetheless, oh, well, how, how are you, how are you playing? How are you playing race eight? If you're going to be playing the pick five, pick six, pick four, which I talked to you a lot about, because I feel there's a ton of value again in those, especially tomorrow with the carryover and the pick six, we're trying to hit six races in a row. I feel that there are a few Chad Brown horses in this race that you'd probably want to use. But of the six horses in the race, I'm not going to be – I don't like – I don't really love any of them. The horse that I'm going to be betting is going to be number two, uh, Creative Flair. Creative Flair is trained by – the best turf trainer in the United States is Chad Brown. The best turf trainer in the world is Charlie Appleby. Um, he brings in number two, Creative Flair. He shifts this filly in to the Saratoga – Oaks last August, and you look at the kind of in the past performances, and you think that maybe the horse didn't run too well, but I thought the horse ran really well. It was behind a slow-paced wire-to-wire winner, and she was flying late. She's only run twice since then. He has the confidence to bring her back to Saratoga now as a four-year-old, as an older mare. Again, there are six horses in the race, four by Chad Brown. I think a lot of those are going to get overbet. Charlie Appleby has brought horses to run in grade one turf stake races in the United States the last three years. Seven have won. Two of the horses that have not won ran second last week. When he brings a horse over, they're live. They're going to run well. I think you're going to get about eight or nine to one on a horse like this because there is such a Chad Brown dominant kind of effect up here in Saratoga. So I think I've, I've been advising people to not just focus on the Chad Brown horses. I like this Charlie Appleby horse, which is number two creative flair. And I think I'll be betting a few bucks to win on that horse tomorrow to continue the heater going into the later races. I love it. Uh, before we let you go, let's talk about race number 10. That's the Sanford. It's a grade three. It's on dirt, six furlongs. You've got 12 horses, pretty packed field. How are you playing this one, Mark? 
I think this series is extremely simple, and I think that I am kind of against the grain in a way. There are 12 horses. I, a lot of people keep telling me that they feel that this is a wide-open race. Anybody can win. I disagree. There is one horse in this race that stands out in my mind, and that's number four, Forte, trained by Todd Fletcher. We're still early in the year where there hasn't been a lot of too many two-year-old races, but of the 20, 30, so two-year-old races on the dirt going one turn, there has nobody has been even close to being as powerful as a performance as number four, Forte, who ran prof- so professionally last time at Belmont. A lot of these two-year-olds break out of the gate. They go real fast. They go wire to wire. This horse was able to rate, have cruise control speed, which is high cruising rate of speed for horses these days because horses on the front end win so much. It's such an important thing. He cruised right around a field that was pretty decent, put up a figure on my speed figures that should probably win this race tomorrow by a couple of lengths. So I'm going to be singling this horse in the pick six and pick five. And if anybody else wins, I'll tip my cap and move on to Sunday. But number four, Forte is uh, of a, in a field of 12 where a lot of people I hear on TV and radio or wherever else think that there's eight or nine horses that have a chance. I feel that there's one horse and then everybody else. What are, what are the odds right now on Forte? On the morning line, it's going to be three to one. I'm not the only one seeing this. You know, in order, this horse should be live tomorrow. It'll probably go off around five to two, two to one, uh, which I still think is fair. I would bet the win, but I'll be singling in the uh, pick four, five, and six. Before I let you go, um, I I just I want to share with you this week. um, I had the pleasure of attending the SBC Summit here in New Jersey. And, uh, and I, I came across um, a group in, in, in what they're ready to implement is uh, the opportunity that, so for example, tonight, you just said four, Forte is three to one. If you put that wager in tonight, you're going to get Forte at three to one. Yep. yep. You're going to get, you're going to get Forte at three to one um, at, at, at showtime. Right. Um, I am, I am extremely excited about six odds racing coming to the United States. Yep. It is a staple in Europe. It is a staple around the world. I feel that one of the negatives to horse racing is that you come to the track and I tell you to kind of like this horse and then the odds sway one way or the other where my opinion might change. Like I said, you're betting the horse, but you're really betting the odds. Uh, that, that's, that's the way that you have to bet sports. That's the way you, you, know, you, you stay above the VIG, as I like to call it. Uh, it, with six odds racing being able to now come into the United States and being able to do that in New Jersey, it's going to give you the opportunity like you do when you go to the Bellagio and you want to make a $100 bet on the Cowboys at minus six and a half and you're going to get back $200, make $110 bet and you get back 200 It's in print. It's right there in front of you. That's not available in horse racing right now. It's a shame, but it's going to come and I think it's going to make the sport uh, more attractive to a lot of people that like the idea of knowing how much they're going to bet and knowing exactly how much they're going to get back without any odd fluctuation. Yeah. It's, it's really, really, uh, it's really going to be fantastic. So, uh, and, and exciting, um, for, for, of course, the, uh, the, the, the game of, of, of horse racing and those who, who of course dabble in it, uh, Mark, thank you so much for joining us. Really do appreciate it. Uh, head back to your, your fun table of friends. Congratulations on all the money that you won today. You're playing with house money. Hopefully it only grows for you over the weekend. Anita, I appreciate it. And anybody listening or like yourself, I know you signed up for the emails today. You probably made a few bucks. Go to giddyupbets.com. We're going to try to print money for the next 38 days. We're two days into Saratoga. We got 38 more to go. And we had a really good summer last year. And we're off to a good start this year. 
I love it. I love it. Great stuff, Mark. Thank you so much. Mark DeLorenzo joining us from Gideon. You got it. Um, Opening weekend at Saratoga. It is a bucket list thing. If you haven't been yet, boy, hashtag run, don't walk. But how great is that? I I mean, how frustrating is it at times? You know, again, you know, we're we're sitting here, we're talking to Mark, you know, you're, you're trying to get a leg up in regard to, you know, the horses tomorrow, you can get Forte right now at three to one. Mark's really, really confident uh, in, in regard to him winning the, the the Sanford race number 10 tomorrow. So if you're, if, you know, if it, you've, you've invested in listening to 98.70 SPN and now you're, you're, you want to put your wager in, but you're subject to at post time, even though you put it in now, at post time, you're subject to whatever that that line is uh, when the race begins. It's bogus. It stinks, and it's about to change. And so that's that's really exciting. Also, when we come back, I'll share with you some other things uh, that I uh, that I uncovered. Some other people that I met at the SBC um, conference summit, and some really exciting things happening in our wide wide world of of, of, of sport gambling. So really excited about it. This. Is the weekend wager with Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN? David Behrman joins us now on 98.7 ESPN. Uh, David, long time no see. I know. I mean, it's like I talk to you or see you every single day. It's great to see you down there in, uh, in New Jersey, your neck of the woods. Thank you for the, uh, the appetizer and the glass of wine yesterday. It was good. Thank you. You were so welcome. Uh, I had a I had a blast. I had such a great time. I was like I was I, I've been talking about the SBC summit on the show, um, and uh, re- really really excited about what's to come in the future of uh, of sport of sports gambling. Um, and so I've been sharing with you know some of the things, some of the people we met, some of the, some of the stuff that that is on the horizon for us trying to get folks really, really excited. But uh, just to uh, bring bring folks up to speed, unfortunately, the Red Sox are up on the Yankees right now, 5-4, bottom of the 11th, one out. IKF is up. I know that's not good news for Yankee fans, but we'll see if he can do anything. Uh, without further ado, let's turn our attention to the Open. And before we get into who's at the top of the leaderboard, we have to talk about Tiger Woods, a very emotional afternoon today while – um, he very well could have uh, teed up for the last time at St. Andrews uh, because from what I understand, uh, chances are it won't get back there for another seven years. Uh, and so he'll be over 50, like 51, 52 at that time. Here, here's what I don't understand, David, and, and, and tell me, explain this to me. Like, you know, um, Jack and Gary and, and Arnie, they were retired from golf for quite a while, but we saw them participate in major tournaments. Yeah, and, and Tiger could very well play St. Andrews again, but it's not on the calendar right now. They haven't planned out how far, and typically St. Andrews is every five years, obviously, COVID back to St. Andrews, the 150th anniversary. It's usually on, you know, as you know, Tiger won in, two, he played in 95, won in 2000, won in 2005, Louis won in 2010, 2015 is usually every five years. Um, it's not that Tiger can't play because of age. He's eligible to play until you're 60. You saw Jack and Arnie and everybody, Gary, all of them play until 60. Watson almost won at 59. They're eligible per open rules. If you're a champion, you can play until 60. We don't know if Tiger Woods can play at that age because of his injuries. And that's kind of what Tiger 
was hinting up today. Tiger by no means said he's not. I mean, he actually said he's planning on continuing to play Open. But without there being a scheduled Open at St. Andrews on the calendar, you just don't know if Tiger Woods is going to be in healthy enough to play if what you said is accurate it's seven years from now, and I think it's going to be before that. But if it's seven years from now, you're talking, like you said, over 50. Who really knows what that leg, that ankle, that knee is going to I mean, this guy came over a career-ending knee, a leg, ankle injury. The guy could barely, like, walk again. He didn't think he was ever going to walk again, not to mention that we haven't said a thing about Tyler's back, which is what has set him back over the last decade is his back. That all took a backseat once he got into the horrific car accident. So I think what you saw today out of Tiger uh, actually perfectly exemplifies what Tiger's about. I'm going to say goodbye if it is the last time. I'm going to tip my path and show my appreciation to Stan Andrews as I walk over the famous bridge. But I'm not going to stop on the bridge and do it because that's for a ceremonial figure who you know it's his last time. Jack did it. Watson did it. Arnie did it. This may not be my last time, and it's all going to depend on when the next St. Andrews is and how Tiger's health holds up. Who knows? It could be something else that's bothering him at that point. He's been riddled with injuries over the last decade. So I think what Tiger did today is, is, is perfect what Tiger needed to do. If this is my goodbye, which it may not be, I tip my cap, farewell. You saw what Rory did coming up one, which was touching. Tiger got emotional. This very well could be it. They play at St. Andrews in five years, and Tiger's leg heels will be there again. He's not the guy that's going to quit. He's never going to say never. I think Tiger will continue playing as long as his body allows him to. Again, David Behrman joining us here on 98.70 ESPN. Uh, me, along with the world, uh, wagered bet that Tiger was going to make the cut, and sure enough, unfortunately, that did not happen. Uh, so we're looking to try to recoup what a number of us lost. So with that being said, uh, Cam Smith at the top of the leaderboard right now, he is 13 under, he's first in strokes gained total, as well as first first in strokes gained in putting. Datagoff has him as a 34% chance of winning this, this, this whole thing. Um, you've got Cameron Young, who's uh, right behind him, two shots back at, at, at 11 under, Rory's at 10, along with Hovland. Some big names at the top of this leaderboard. Cam Smith to win it right now is plus 165. You know, obviously, if he comes out and he has a stellar round tomorrow, uh, the odds aren't going to be anywhere plus. So do you feel that now's the time to jump on Cam Smith as an outright winner at plus 165, David? Well, I actually took him last night before I went to sleep after I said, you know, goodbye at the bar and, and drove home. I took him at 7-1 to one yesterday with um, some leftover money from from the uh, Bet365 that I had there with their promo. So I took Cam at 7-1, to one and I'm ecstatic what he did today. And, and you know, usually on Friday nights I come on the show and I'm looking for somebody who is hitting the ball outstanding but has not made the amount of putts that they're used to making that is a couple of shots back in the field last week with Andrew Shockley. First in shots game to the green, first in shots overall, but like 92nd in putting. I look at that and I say, if the guy gets a putter or two, he's going to win, which is how I gave Vander out on the show. And that is kind of the philosophy that I take on Friday night. Now, you look at Cam Smith, to your question, Cam Smith putting out of his mind. If Cam Smith continues to putt like this, Cam Smith is going to be your champion golfer of the year and hold that Claret jug up that, you know, he, he, he should have won the Masters. So this is just something that he has earned over time. But as you and I both know, when it comes to professional golf, 
slapstick is the trickiest thing, and, and people aren't consistently good at putting, and they're not consistently bad at putting, which is why I always look for guys that are hitting the ball well but haven't made the putts to rally and win because my philosophy is if they can turn around the putter, they're going to continue shooting well, and they'll be fine. Cam is the opposite right now, and I'm not saying Cam's not going to continue to putt this way and win because we've seen him do it, but his you gave the other stats. He's also shot games overall doing well. He's hitting the ball amazing. He is putting out of his mind. And if he doesn't continue to putt like that, this is a shootout of epic proportions here at St. Andrews. There are plenty of people behind him in William McIlroy, Victor Hovland, Dustin Johnson, Scotty Scheffler, to name a few, that could catch him. Now, I actually believe Cam Smith, who is the best putter on tour, will continue to putt like this. Uh, to your question about 165, it's hard to judge if that's good value because, again, he has to continue putting like this. I got him at 7-1, to one, but I won't book anybody for thinking he's going to win. I just think you missed the value on that. You could have gotten him as much as 10-1 to one before he teed off today because of, you know, Dustin and Scotty and everybody else off the leaderboard. Uh, but I, I firmly believe Ken, Ken Smith will be a major champion, and this might be the one. But he was in the exact same position in, in Augusta earlier this year with the lead after 36 holes and then he, he didn't win. So we'll see what happens. Um, you know, there's, there's a few guys here that, that, you know, you know that I like Shane Lowry coming in. He definitely rebounded today. He's uh, four under, he's sitting tied for 25th. Um, and, and I, I still, I, I like him to finish in, in the top 20 and in, in, in top 10 as well. Um, and I do, Gala, I do I, agree I, with you on Shane Lowry. Go, Go ahead. You on Lowry, and, and I'm a big look at the box score type guy, and I was with you on Lowry from the beginning. I have him top 20. I have him to win. He was the one guy I took three weeks ago to win this event. And if you dive deep into the box score, I just told you a minute ago, I look at some of the shots, games, stuff, like hitting and putting. The other thing I look at is, is fluke score. Now, if you look at Shane Lowry's box score from today, he was bogey three, bogey, bogey three through 15 holes, and then he missed um he actually missed a birdie putt on 15 that would have got him to five under par and then he gets to 16 got into a bunker couldn't get out of the bunker double bogey the hole is unfortunate and then birdied the last two holes instead of 18 so what i see with shane lowry shane lowry had one of the best rounds on the course today obviously you got mm-hmm. to can't miss up and johnson and others but we're talking about one hole one double bogey because he was in a bunker he couldn't get out of which obviously that's you don't want to get in the bunkers, but the other 17 holes were bogey three, and that's the type of round for somebody that I think can win another major because he's done it before, and he rebounded from the disappointment of the double bogey, which was a basically a round ender, a hole after he missed an easy birdie putt that would have put him at five under par. So bouncing back with the back-to-back birdies, I like Shane Lowry. I think three-to-one value of finishing the top ten only a couple shots back is definitely something I'm going to jump on tonight. Um, I, I like that. In any matchups you're key, you're you're looking at uh, heading into tomorrow that stand out to you? I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna love watching the the Rory McIlroy Victor Hovland matchup. I think that's just two awesome players that are playing outstanding. You know, the the one thing about Rory and and we talked about this on the show. You know, he's now seven and a half years without a major title and somebody that we thought would be the next Tiger Woods and jumped out and got four really quick majors. One thing that has stopped Rory from winning the last seven and a half years of majors 
is he has one bad round in every single major that prevents him from winning it. Because you saw what he did in Augusta with 64 on Sunday to finish, two, you know, 2-2. Two, two. He did it at the U.S. Open. He did it at the PGA Championship. He's one of three golfers this year who have three top 15s at majors. When is that bad round coming? If it doesn't come on the weekend, Roy McIlroy is going to win another major title here. Um, and I think that starts tomorrow with Hovland. But if the bad round's tomorrow, you got to go with Hovland. So you don't really know what Rory's going to do. But I like the fact that he followed his six under par 66 or a four under par 68 today. He did, only had one hole where he threw a bogey up there. So I like what I see in Rory. It just worries me that we're through two rounds and he hasn't had that bad round yet. And he's had nine consecutive majors where he's made the cut the longest streak of his career. I like him tomorrow, and I would not be surprised at all if Rory's your third-round leader, and then you roll the dice on Sunday and see what happens. David, thank you so much. Always great when you join us, and and please know how much I appreciate your time each and every Friday night. Um, Thank you so much, my friend. Absolutely. Once again, it was wonderful seeing you, and very good panel. I enjoyed listening to it, and uh, hope you enjoyed your stay down there. (laughs) <laughs> Thank you. You got it. David Behrman joining us here on 98.7 ESPN. Listen, just a reminder, tea times for tomorrow, 3.35 a.m. is the first tea time. And of course, like I said, uh, you know, David and I were talking about top of the leaderboard. You've got a lot of big names. Um, and so it's really going to get a lot of fun uh, around 10 a.m. tomorrow. Uh, the gala Tees off at 10.05. Cantlay and Adam Scott at 10.15. Gooch and Hatton at 10.25. Scotty Scheffler and DJ at 10.35. Hovland and Rory at 10.45. And Cam Young and Cam Smith at 10.55 a.m. That's really when uh, all the action should start there as well. Um, So uh, great stuff, again, by David. And uh, looking forward, of course, to the weekend at the Open. Anita Marks with you. Uh, we come back. We'll take your calls. 800-919-3776-90.7 ESPN. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welcome back to Week in Wager here on 98.7 ESPN. Anita Marks with you, of course, on this fantastic Friday night. A lot going on. Uh, And uh, we're going to turn our attention to a little NFL. Aaron Schatz, who does a phenomenal job. Of course, uh, contributing to ESPN. He only he also has his own site. Football Outsiders joining us here. Aaron, how you doing? I'm good. It's been a good off season. I've been uh, deep in the weeds on the upcoming season, putting together our book, Football Outsiders Almanac 2022, which will be out in mid July to preview the season. So I'm all wrapped up in the next season. The NFL may have to be a quiet part of the schedule right now, but I'm all wrapped up. In I love it. I love it. So let's dive into it because right now, what can you gamble on? Well, week one lines are out there, but there's so many futures bets. And here's, be, before we dive into the futures bets you really love, Aaron, 
let's just, you know, it's interesting. I, I, I love futures bets, but here's the thing. You're putting a futures bet in now. You're investing that money that you're not going to see a payoff until possibly February, right? Like, right, the end of December into January, February, depending on what you, what, you know, what, what you're putting your money on. A lot of people don't like, a lot of people don't like to lose that money for that extended period of time, right? So it's interesting. There are a number of people who don't like futures bets. I love futures bets, but, uh, but because of that, you're investing your money until you're not going to see it till 2023. There's a lot of people who don't like it. No, I totally understand because it is a long-term bet. There's no question about it. It's a lot easier to just do games and Sunday comes and then you get the payoff. But uh, the fact is I, th- I find it easier to pick futures than it is to pick games. So it's a better bet even though it's a longer-term bet. All right, so let's dive into it. What are some of the futures bets that Aaron Schatz really likes uh, again, from Football Outsiders. And uh, one in particular, I know you you and I, we, we were texting earlier today, so I'm going to tee up four teams uh, that you have your eye on in regard to uh, over-under win totals. And um, let's let's not bury the lead, and that's the Philadelphia Eagles. You like the over here, over nine wins. I'll go one step further. I've put money down that the Philadelphia Eagles win the Super Bowl at 18-1. to like, and I you can get in, in, in some places you can get it at 20, 25 to one. Like I, this roster is just, it's sick. It's dumb. It's deep. If the roster can perform the way that I anticipate them to perform and they don't get injured, I think this is a team that can represent the NFC in the Super Bowl. So I'm really curious to hear all the reasons why you like over nine wins for the Eagles this season. I mean, that's always the asterisk, right? If they can stay healthy, that's the problem with betting overs. But the fact is, this is a team that added a lot of talent in the offseason. Hassan Reddick getting Brandon Graham back from injury. Uh, James Bradbury on offense, adding A.J. Brown is huge. Um, They've got one of the strongest offensive lines in the league. There's so many reasons to believe in the Philadelphia Eagles. They also have, based on our numbers, the easiest projected schedule in the NFL. And that is why right now in our simulations, Philadelphia comes out third in the average number of wins that they have in our simulations. That's how much our numbers like them and like their schedule. It's not that they're the third best team. It's that their schedule is going to be pretty easy. And so I really like Philadelphia to go over nine this year. Yeah, I, and, and just looking at, like, you know, and, and someone's going to say, well, wait a minute, what do you mean easy? They play in the NFC East. Like, that's a, that's a, that's a competitive division. Okay, well, no. I'm still not so, I'm not still I'm not sold on Carson Wentz. Um, I really do believe that this is going to be a rebounding year. In a, in, in a, and for me, with the, when it comes to the Giants this year, I'm looking at, it's not about win total for me. For me, I want to see what, what Daniel Jones is going to do in, in, in Brian Dable's system, right? Like, like to me, that's, that's the barometer for me when it comes to the Giants. I don't have an expectation in regards to how many wins they're going to have. Uh, the biggest competition for the Eagles is going to be the Dallas Cowboys. So let's just say, hypothetically speaking, they could go 6-0, and they could go 5-1. and And then you've got the Lions, the Jags, the Texans, and the Bears. Oh my, you're absolutely right. This, the schedule is, is a cakewalk. Yeah, I mean, it's much it, – Dallas, Dallas has the second easiest schedule in the league because they play a lot of the same teams, but the difference between the two of them is actually kind of substantial. And we are really not believers in the Giants this year. We have the Giants last in our projections. Long-term, 
Oh. I am definitely a believer in that new front office, and I'm definitely a believer in Dayball. Short term, I am not. Right. Uh, again, Aaron Schatz joining us. Don't hate him, Giants fans, for saying that here on the airwaves in New York City. All right, uh, let's talk about another team, and, and I'm, I'm really intrigued as to why you like the over here. Over eight wins for the New Orleans Saints with Jameis Winston as their quarterback. Thoughts? Two things I'm going to say. First of all, this is our number one projected defense for the Whoa. year. People still speak on how good this defense is possibly the best secondary in the NFL. Yes, they lost Marcus Williams, but they added Marcus May and they added Tyron Matthew. Good linebackers, strong pass rush, good front. This is a really good defense. On offense, the fact is Winston has always been a slightly above average quarterback, except for the one year that he threw all those interceptions. That year really stands out on his record. But for the most part, he's been slightly above average, and he was slightly above average last year. And, yeah, it's going to be hard without Sean Payton around, but I can't imagine that suddenly Winston's going to crash out and be terrible. So if they put an average offense on the field with what we think will be one of the two or three best defenses in the league with an average schedule, that should be eight wins. Who's the defensive coordinator in New Orleans right now? It's Dennis Allen who, well, I don't know who's the actual defensive coordinator. Dennis Allen was the head, is the head coach who was the defensive coordinator and still right. it's his defense. It's his defense. Um, very, very interesting. And, and you know, it's, it's, it's interesting you say this because they definitely give Tom Brady and the Bucks fits. That's for oh, sure. God. Yeah. So uh, I'm, I'm actually, I'm fading the Bucks and I'm fading Tom Brady this year. Uh, and a big reason why is because of the Saints and their defense and just how great they are. I mean, they, they, have, <laughs> they have created the blueprint as to how to beat Tom Brady. Uh, and granted, yeah, you need those horses in your stable in order to execute the way that they do. But nonetheless, um, I, I just uh, I, I find that division to be very, very interesting. Um, over- I'm, not, I'm not fading the Bucks, by the way. So I don't like the Saints to win their division, but I do like them to go over eight. I hear you. I hear you. I'm not saying the Saints are going to win the division. I just, um, I, I just, I, I don't, I don't think the Bucks are going to just dominate like they have uh, year the, the past two years that Tom Brady has been there. Again, just my two cents. Let's talk about the Texans. This is another team. You've got the over four and a half. Here's what my problem is. It's not like this team has done much to give Davis Mills. I hear they love Davis Mills, but they haven't given him much to work with. I mean. You know, his number one wide receiver is going to be Brandon Cooks, right? Yeah, well, Brandon Cooks is still a star, should be a star. But look, everything with the Texans, especially on defense, if you look at their roster and you look at the performance, you're like, that's really closer to mediocre than it is to terrible. Like adding Jerry Hughes and Mario Addison to their pass rush, adding Steven Nelson, the rookies in their secondary, Pitre and Stingley. Um, you, you look at all of the units on this team and you're like, that's really closer to mediocre than it is to terrible. And they're going to have one of the easier schedules in the league. And I just think they can go over four and a half. Four and a half is a really low number for a team that had the second best rookie quarterback last year. I mean, you know, in the long term, will he be the second best quarterback in that class? No, because Lawrence is going to be way better than he was last year. But 
you know, a quarterback who's a little underrated and a defense that's a bit underrated. And this does not mean they're going to be a good team, but they're just kind of, and you know, just kind of wins more than four and a half games. It wins six games. I like that. I'm going to have to use that. What do you think about the Texans, Anita? but they're going to win over four and a half games. Uh, Last but not least, let's talk about the Cardinals. You like the under here at nine. I'm with you, right? Like, um, you know, DeAndre Hopkins isn't going to be available for the first few weeks. Uh, You've got, you've got the front office and, uh, and Murray who uh, are at odds right now. Um, You know, uh, uh, you've got the Rams who I think are going to dominate that division. It's a very competitive NFC. They're going to have to win games in order to get in as a wild card. I'm with you. I I like the under here. What are all the reasons why you are on the under for the Arizona Cardinals? Everything you just said about the offense, I'm going to add to that. This defense has been much better than the talent that's actually on the field. Like it, when you look at the actual talent on defense, this defense should not have been as good as it was last year, and I don't think it's going to be as good this year. You look at the secondary, other than Buda Baker, like who are these dudes? Marco Wilson, Byron Murphy, you know, okay, but you know, with the tragic death of Jeff Gladney, it means that they're now going to have to start a guy named Antonio Hamilton who's basically bounced around the league, was an undrafted free agent. That's not a starting outside cornerback. And they also have one of the five hardest projected schedules in the league by our numbers. So when you put that all together, I definitely see Arizona going under nine wins. Again, uh, Aaron Schatz joining us here from Football Outsiders. Uh, Make sure you follow him on all things social media. And uh, they're going to have their their in-depth analysis of all 32 teams coming out soon. So you definitely want to stay on top of that. Um, I will say this before I let you go. I was totally with you with the Eagles. Here's another team that I think is flying under the radar that I don't think enough people are giving enough credit to. And I'm curious to get your thoughts on this, Aaron. And that's the Pittsburgh Steelers. Like, I think the Ravens win the division, but I think people are sleeping on Mitchell Trubisky. I think he wins, you know, the alleged quarterback competition that's out there right now. Um, The offense is going to run around Najee Harris. Um, You know, I like the picks, picks, Pixon's pick. I think their wide receiving core is good. Friar Muth coming into his second year. Top 10 offensive line. Top 10 defense. I, 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 just, I just think people just are still looking at Trubisky as that quarterback from the Chicago Bears and not the quarterback that possibly grew developed in Buffalo behind Josh Allen and working with Brian Dable. Agree or disagree with me? I agree with you about the defense. We have them projected to rebound and be very good. I disagree with you about the offensive line. It is not a top 10 offensive line anymore. I think Trubisky is going to win the job. I don't think he's going to be very good. But I think that with their defense playing well, they are going to be roughly a 500 team. Uh, They do have the hardest projected schedule by our numbers. Pittsburgh has the hardest projected schedule in the league, and that does drag them down a little bit. So even if they're a little bit of an above average team with their defense playing well, they're going to get dragged down a little bit by their schedule. I'm not sure what their over under number is now. So I don't know if I would go over or under, but we have them as about an average team. I want to thank Aaron Schatz for joining us here on 98.7 ESPN. Love, love his Eagles play. Let me tell you something. I, and I know Giants fans don't want to hear me say this, but um, the Eagles on paper have a phenomenal team. I mean, phenomenal. They check all the boxes. 
the big question is, can they stay healthy? And, and, and I know that's a question for each and every team out there in the NFL this season. I, I really, I, I get that. Um, but I, I just, I think they win the NFC North. Um, I, I think they make a really deep, I think they're going to host the first round of the playoffs. I think they make a deep run into the playoffs. If they can stay healthy, um, I, I think they, I think they absolutely can do that. And I, I want to look, I'm looking right now, team futures. So here we go where it stands right now in regard to who's going to win the Super Bowl this year, uh, the bills six to one, the bucks, seven to one Packers, 10 to one chiefs, 10 to one as well. Rams, 11 chargers, 14, 49ers, 16 Broncos, 16 all the way. I keep a 25 to one for the Philadelphia Eagles to win the Super Bowl. Whoa. Um, I think that there's some great value there considering just how stacked their roster is. There's no denying that. Hey, I, I want to thank you so much for, uh, for tuning in to We Can Wager tonight. Uh, of course, we had Mark DiLorenzo on to preview the first weekend up there in Saratoga. It's going to be exciting. David Behrman from ESPN to preview the weekend uh, of the Open. Keep in mind, first tee time is at 3.35 a.m., so you got to get your bets in, that's for sure. And, uh, and of course, Aaron Schatz from footballoutsiders.com. Everybody, have a great night. I'm back tomorrow at high noon right here on 98.70 ESPN, but this has been Week in Wager, brought to you by BetMGM Sports. Enough talk. Believe in your game. Believe in your bet. At MGM Sports. Good night. This is the Weekend Wager with Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN.